1: Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from
0: techguide.com.au. I
2: really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking
0: Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech.
1: Live from London, episode three hundred and one. Two bikes talking tech. Trevor along with you and Stephen Finnick, as always, joining me here. Uh, it's a momentously unmomentous occasion—the three hundred and first <laughs> episode, really, isn't it? Yeah. Well, one after
2: three hundred. Thanks for everyone, by the way, for their their good wishes. Uh, thank, you, congratulating us on our three hundredth episode. Uh, to all our listeners and people who got in touch on Twitter, we thank you. Thanks for your support. But here's the first show for the next three hundred. Yeah,
1: and a uh, symbolic of our previous three hundred, we are in the middle of a world tour. <laughs> two <laughs> blokes talking two tech bloke's world, world tour. That's right. Yeah, so we're doing a proper lap of the of the yeah. globe. Uh, we're in London right now. We head to San Jose next week, and we'll tell you all about both those things and more right here on Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two blokes
0: talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.
1: And we do it all thanks to the good people at netgear.com.au. We'll tell you about Netgear shortly too. But, Stephen, we've uh, literally just come back from the Oval, um, iconic, uh, historic um, cricket venue here in London, uh, and we're here both travelling as guests of Intel. Um, I kind of got a, got a sense for what they were going to be announcing, and I think if you look at what they've announced, and you, now you look back at things they've done at CES, it all makes a lot of sense, but pretty Bloody cool! What they've announced here with their—they're a technology partner of the ICC Champions Trophy cricket tournament, which I'd love to tell you more about, but I have absolutely no idea about. But I'm—I'm I'm assuming some really important teams are battling it out. But Bangladesh yeah. is in it, so it can't be that big. That. Um, in Australia's in it. Yeah, but how's Bangladesh? Yeah, they're a world—they're a world team. they—they're they're in all the, all the major. All the major tournaments, they, they, they've been to Australia to play as so well? So this will annoy Rob because um, he's a cricket fan and one of our listeners. <laughs> but if we go Australia, England, New Zealand, West Indies, Pakistan, India, those are the top South six, Africa, South Africa. Africa. There's your top seven. Yeah. and we'll Everyone go. else is a Bangladesh, nothing, yeah. right? Yeah, well. Yeah. Anyway, so a couple, three or really two things to talk about and, and then a third being the retail availability of the technology. But let's start with the drones. So – Aussies growing up would be well familiar with Tony Gregg's pitch report back in the day, watching uh, the Channel 9 Wild World of Sports coverage. Tony Gregg would go out and, as one of the, um, it's clearly a a standard thing in cricket broadcasting because the Indian um, uh, marketing boss of uh, Intel that I interviewed talked about commentators kneeling on the pitch and stuff. Um, You know, go out with a set of keys and they work out which part of the pitch is hard and soft and the grass is.
2: Tony Gregg lost a key in the
1: pitch. Well, I mean, it's famous in the, in the 12th man, um, you know, uh, so, so well uh, iconic 12th man sketch with uh, Tony losing his keys and uh, the ball hitting it during the, during the game. But, you know, the idea of that and then plus the weather wall, remember the weather wall, they'd remember come the out and, yeah. and they'd talk about the humidity and the player comfort level, <laughs> uh, you know, like it's good times. And that's yeah. a, a big part of the coverage, right? But, but
2: at that time though, we are talking, that's back in the, in the 70s, yeah, eh? yeah, yeah. at that time. That was cutting edge stuff. Yeah, but now look what they've done now with the drone technology. So
1: the idea here is they've got a drone, Falcon Eight or something. What's it called? Um, uh, and essentially, this is a commercial drone, but it has um, high-end, high-resolution cameras and infrared sensors on it, and it's going to fly over the pitch uh, for every single Champions Trophy and, and, game and
2: the outfield too, the outfield as well.
1: And and critically, the the pitch is. They're going to be able to look back at the pitch using the high-res and the infrared tools. They're going to work out which grass is dead, which is living, uh, where the undulations are. They're going to be able to see basically underneath the surface through the infrared. I don't even understand, but basically they're going to be able to create a pitch report. From the flying drone coverage, that will show whether it's a seamer's pitch or a spinner's pitch. Yeah. They're going to be able to show any dead spots or, or green areas. that will be able to be, um, you know, angled out for the for the bowlers. Yeah. It'll That's- be a, a really good part of the broadcast coverage in that same way that the weather wall used to be when we were kids growing up.
2: Absolutely, yeah. And I think that what what was interesting was that the there's still this obviously is going to throw up a lot of information. The I think they called it the pitch uh, topography, so the the angle of the pitch and all that. The all all that information from the cameras, but it still comes down to the captain making the decision. So you can have all the information in the world, but they're still got to use their gut for the decision. And and I interviewed uh, NASA Hussein, who was there, former England captain. And when when asked about that, he said, "Geez, I wish I had had that the drone pitch technology back in Australia." Uh, he he recalled a game where he famously put Australia into bat, thinking the pitch was rubbish, and Australia scored like 400 runs in the, on the first day. So it, it's, it's
1: basically it's, taking taking finding things on the pitch that the human eye just isn't noticing, and and uh, using computer analytics to to determine what the pitch looks like and how it's performing. And you know, I do think you know just from a coverage perspective, this is probably going to be the most notable. And so, I'm assuming back on Fox Sports in Australia, you'll see this stuff because we take an international feed, but. Um, I think this is – of all the Intel stuff announced, this is actually the thing that you'll see most because it's going to be for every game um, and, it, and it applies to every game from the first match. So that, that pitch analysis is, is a, a critical new advantage and it's, it's an indication yeah. of you know, simple technology, advanced technology, but uh, implemented into the broadcast coverage. And, and,
2: and Intel's no stranger to drones either. Do you remember last year at yeah. Vivid they had the 100 drones flying yeah. about? And Intel also no stranger to injecting that technology and that data layer to sport. Yeah. They mentioned the the Winter X games where they did it in conjunction with ESPN. I think they had sensors in the snowboards and yeah. offered not only the athletes themselves the data, but it gave the broadcast another layer yeah. as well. And, and I
1: remember yeah. at CES uh, two years ago, they had a BMX bike there, and it was the best indication of what they call the Curry sensor, um, which can basically determine, you know, gyroscopically everything. Curry. Every, Curie, 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 whatever, yeah. Curry. I'm in England, so it's Curry. Another, another Curie. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm <laughs> in England, mate. Curry's on the mind. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the BMX bike, they, you know, you could tell whether the, the bi- what angle the bike was on and all that kind of stuff. So you could basically create a 3D model of the bike, after the after the effect, and that was that was pretty advanced, and so that's where the next bit comes in, uh, the bat sensor. Now, bat sensor um, is an Intel Curie processor um, paired with a bunch of other technologies like Bluetooth and storage and things, and it's this tiny thing, uh, I'd say, size of a twenty cent piece, uh, maybe uh, one centimeter tall, which clips in, into a holster that that sits on the top of the bat, uh, the bat handle. Right. Yeah. So basically, this thing knows where it is in space, and that allows it to determine the angle that it's on. It can, it can t- determine velocity. So there's like six things they're going to be measuring and being able to see in real time. So imagine Dave Warner is just, you know, smashed a six. The commentary team is going to be able to replay it, replay it, replay it and then show this kind of virtual overlay of data which shows the, the angle of the bat, the velocity of the bat, the maximum speed the bat hit, the speed the bat was when it, at the point of impact yeah. with the ball. I mean, the follow-through angle, so many things that are going to add huge data layer to the whole process.
2: So that's the 3D mapping. So from, from back swing, back lift to stroke, mm-hmm. the it 'll collect data on maximum bat speed bat speed impact back lift angle time to impact impact angle, and follow through angle and what they 've said as well is that the the perfect stroke the the a well stroke shot requires a bat speed of seventy nine point three kilometers an hour that 's what they said and even the different angles of the bat when batting against spin when batting against seam and it was interesting to hear what Nasser hussein his his, his uh, thoughts on it and he was saying that A lot of batsmen don't know, unless they watch themselves, they don't know that they've got an open bat. They don't know they've got a closed bat or do whatever they're doing. So imagine this information allowing the batsmen to not only have more information for themselves and the ways to improve, but then this gives real-time information for the broadcasters too. Mm. And I think the question you asked was, how is this going to get from the batsman in the middle of the pitch to the broadcast box? They did say they've got, they got a, a ultra-wide band antennas in yeah. the in the stumps to which, get it
1: back. Which is basically, uh, yeah. all all around the stadium they have an yeah. antenna array which will get the data back. But in uh, in terms of what you see in the coverage, this is interesting, it's basically useless in the first few games because what does it, what does it mean to yeah. us that someone, someone hits at <laughs> 60Ks and has an angle, angle of this? But after you know, 10 or 15 games, there'll be comparisons between one player and another, one bat and another, one stroke and another, one four and another four. And, and you know what I mean? They'll be able to start, start comparing yeah. things. And in three or four years from now, this stuff will be as commonplace as Snicko and, and um, yeah. what's the other thing called? Uh, Hotspot. Hots- no, yeah. no, this what's Hawkeye. Um, oh, yeah. You know that stuff is yeah. now just standard part of the coverage. But cricket, uh,
2: they, they described it well. The, the reason Intel got involved was because cricket is it's a it's really a numbers game. There's so much data around it, millions of fans around the world, a world sport where all the, a lot of countries around the world play it. So it was a natural fit for Intel to do it. But I I, I liked one thing that that one of them uh, one of them said. I think it was Sandra Lopez, the the Intel Sports Group Vice President. Mm. She said that. Data is like oil. It needs to be refined before it's any good. And that's where Intel comes into play to examine everything, to make sense of the data. And she was saying too, some interesting stats she mentioned, she said that by 2020 there'll be 50 billion connected sensors in the world. Connected? connected. And there was another t- a total and 12. of 212. 12. Just uh, sensors that are out there yeah. as well. So, and, and this is interesting too. She said that every consumer... Generates a 1.5 gig of data per day. Great so great. all these sort of wearable technologies, the data, you know, we're, you don't need to be an elite cricketer to sort of have this sort of technology at your disposal. There's, it, it's available today where you you were in a, a Fitbit or, or you got a, a smartwatch on. It's collecting information, but it's what you what you were doing with that data that Intel is demonstrating here with the cricket or, or yeah. all the different applications you for that information that's collected then it can be viewed not only for the the cricketers' benefit but also for the audience and the broadcasters.
1: So that was interesting to me and it was pretty much what I expected to get from Intel on, on this trip and as a story. But I did not expect and was pretty impressed that they have already got this in a commercial sense. Yeah. This actual thing is is a product that will be on sale in August, $150 US, uh, called BatSense. Now, the, the company building this have it ready to build and, mate, I think about this in the way it was displayed to us, but I don't think I've been more impressed by an app and a technology out of the box in a long time. The, the, The boss of this company stood there and showed us how it was happening in real time. There was a bloke hitting a ball in a net, um, and immediately we could see his his stroke rate and all those different things. But then he went, but that's, that's just numbers. So then we wanted to turn it into a 3D map. And so you can see this 3D visualization of your stroke. You can twist the player around and see it from every angle. He goes, but that's not good enough. So now you can also use your phone to record video of yourself. But you sit there in the nets for an hour, ball after ball after ball after ball, and you try and watch that back, you've got to scroll through find it. No, no, with this app, because it yeah. knows when the ball was hit, it clips every single stroke on the video. And then it gets uploaded to the cloud. Then it can be analysed. There's a wagon wheel of your yeah. shots. I mean, and you can share it. So you see how many hit on the on side, the off side. For and 150 bucks, I mean, yeah. this is this is Christmas present stuff for. Yeah. And, and again, Rob, one of our listeners, he, he his kids play yeah, cricket play love cricket right yeah, yeah. mate he I can see him at a hundred percent being first in line for this thing putting it on mm-hmm. the kids bat and then filming them in the nets filming them at training and and whether it's a dad or whether it's a coach of a, a school yeah. team or a lower grade team or an a grade team this stuff is sensational because the the idea of saying you know you've got a you've got a great fast swing but you you know you slow down on, on on the upstroke or something I don't know the 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 Conversations that you can have about your swings and the analysis you can do based on the video alone for an app of on a hundred and fifty US dollar product is sensational. Well, bat speed is something you've heard commentators talk about f- for a long time.
0: Yeah.
2: Now they can actually quantify that. They can say, "Well, that, that was seventy nine point three kilometers an hour, and it was sixty
1: five kilometers yeah. an hour." And so, why do you why do you always why are your strokes always slower on the fourth ball of the over? I mean, you know, whatever those weird things are, that that's that data analysis. Uh, point, yeah. makes a huge difference.
2: And the, the, the company, too, uh, that brought this, this technology was Specular, which is a tech startup. They describe themselves as a startup. Uh, no doubt, with Intel support, there's gonna, they're going to be more than a startup uh, very soon. Yeah. And uh, interestingly, it, it was an Indian company, Indian uh, CEO, and where, you know, you, you, it's it's no secret that cricket in India is absolutely an, a, a sport that's adored by literally yeah. billions of people. Uh, and, and a lot of – even I think the Intel – one of the Intel representatives is also an Indian gentleman as well. So and, – and he, again, has a, a huge love for the sport. He, he's an engineer and applies his skills to bringing his engineering skills to cricket. Yeah.
1: I, um, I interviewed him. I'll put that in, in your tech life. I'm talking technology this week as well. But you know what? At the very end of the interview, I said to him, I said, mate, um, growing up in one of the biggest cricket-loving nations in the world, um, could you imagine working for Intel and releasing a product that had Intel on site, inside written on it? Mm-hmm that was, that was cricket-related. He said, look, I'll be honest, always dreamed of working for Intel uh, from, from when he was a kid dabbling with computers, but could never have imagined that yeah. Intel Inside – because think about it, mate. We think of Intel Inside as being a processor and a computer. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, Pentium 1 or Pentium yeah. 2, you know, back in the day, that Intel Inside was a critical yeah. thing in their race towards, uh, you know, beating everyone else in the processor race. And now Intel Inside, cricket. I'm just wondering where this is going to go after this. or What else could you do? Like there are –
2: there, there is, with the size of a sensor, the sensor's tiny. Imagine what you can do with this. So like, would it be possible to maybe, in the league world, maybe put a sensor inside
1: Jonathan Thurston's headgear or inside the ball? Or well, I've seen, I'm sure Intel have demonstrated um, sensors in basketballs at, yeah. at CES. So there's no doubt that you could have a sensor in the ball. Um, the question is: See, the ball's a different thing, though. Like a bat yeah. is like a bats play- bat. Weapon, bats are all bats what they use, yeah. yeah. And bats all have different weights and things, so the yeah. player can feel comfortable. Whereas a ball must meet certain regulations and stuff. Yeah. So the sensor, you know, can't. Re- you have to be careful; it doesn't put it off in any way, it shape, or form.
2: The outcome of the game, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. So, it's I, interesting. I, where like, who would have thought this was going to happen in cricket uh, years ago? It's interesting. The sports where it can happen. Where where it's going? Oh, I already know that of golf, a lot of golfers. There's a lot of golf sensors you can get now that analyzes your swing and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Because In a America, golf they use these things conference. on baseball and stuff, yeah. and we've seen them like, for three or four years. And they've then, had these things at CES, and you know, you know more than anyone that like a, a sport like Formula One it's just has got so much, so many sensors, yeah. so much. And again, for the
1: benefit of not only the team but also for the broadcaster too and the viewer. You can see all this information. And that's a good example. You think about motorsport where, where you can have on screen, you can have the, the speed, the gear they're in, the g-force, the braking, the acceleration, all that stuff can be represented on screen. And I think that's what cricket looks at and goes, all that data that allows a, a person like me to watch it and go, oh, he brakes sooner than that guy or whatever. Yeah. Now, I won't be analysing this as a cricket watcher, but... Some fans will be looking at that, going, "Well, yeah, he. I wish he. I wish when he was facing, like when a, when someone comes over the wicket instead of around the wicket, you know, that does that change their approach yeah. to the bat? You know, those kind of things.
2: Well, I think it's a, it's a sort of game where, and they did mention this. There are fanatical fans out there They rival soccer for fanaticism in terms yeah. of followers. So the and the beauty of cricket is that there's time between balls. To talk about it, yeah. it's not like league where it's a fast-paced game and, and everything's happening. But in cricket, you've got time to chew over the to chew the data mm. between between bowls uh, in the over. So it, um, they did say that during the uh, ICC Champions Trophy, that every team has been offered the technology. They're under no obligation to use it. They mm. said, but they understand that up to six batsmen in some teams may use it. Mm. Others, maybe one or two. So it'll be interesting to see who, which teams have it. Of, of course, we're interested in seeing whether Australia take it on. we want Dave Warner naturally. To. David Warner whack it on, the, whack it on your bat, son, and tell, <laughs> and tell us how it goes. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Whack it on your bat. That's what he's going to do, and then
1: he's going to uh, show us his bat speed. <laughs> Trevor's crying at the moment. I have a feeling. The other interesting thing that came That's out because your be turn, by the way, whack it on your bat. That's going to be how they're going to describe. Can you stop us. saying it? Just stop saying it. Because I thought you said whacking on your bat. No. Anyway, whack, whack so on your bat. So the, where's that window cleaner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So interesting. You so, know, we 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 I don't know what the the room was full of in today. Was it in cricket journos or tech journals from around the world what or whatever? Was journal, it was yeah. quite small though. Um, so I felt quite privileged to be there. It was an honour, really, um, yeah. you know, very small, small event for, a, for such an important thing. But it was interesting that there was a question to the ICC uh, boss, uh, CEO David, David Richardson, Richardson. Um, about match fitting, like what it, with the pitch report. Um, you know that drone footage and stuff. Will that be made available publicly? Where, where you know where, who's got the data? Because what if uh, you know someone in the match fixing game is you know getting that data ahead of anyone else? Yeah. Or da 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 da. And he's like, well, obviously we've considered all those things. We don't think it'll affect the fixing. I mean, he referred to the fixing as a like as a terminology that's just standard in cricket because it is such an mm. issue in the game. But interesting that – and Nasser Hussain was asked about the bat technology saying, would you really want your bat information like that to be public? And he said, look, I don't care. If It's, it's probably going to benefit me more than it will yeah. my opposition. I'm going to learn from it more and grow out of it, you know, grow as a, as a player. So but, interesting. You know, it, it's like, like having, having that, in da- that data
2: and being able to quantify what you do. Like D- Dave Warner – he's just a natural naturally gifted player, so do you think him knowing how fast his bat speed is going to improve his game or well, that
1: 's why I like wonder whether it, he'd be one that would put it
2: on it's it, but it, it, it's it it's will he whack, whack it on the bat other. will he whack it on the bat that's a big a big question but um is like how how do like how do players how does a coach relay to a, a player? So, look, you know your bat's back speed has got to do this, and it's such a reactive sport. You have got like a, a split second to react to the ball, and a, a fast ball. Like I think batsman reaction time is like like point point one of a second. You got to react. So it's it's great for us to to see it. And, and I don't know how a player can say, well, I'm going to take that information and I want to improve my bat speed. But again, I,
1: it's about the data it's, mining, it's right? Data. If, if you really find right. something that happens consistently across every – over, let alone every ball, then that's what a coach and a player can address. But for a commentator, it's more about the analysis of, of the individual And I balls. think comparison to
2: comparing Dave Warner to maybe someone else and say, well, his, his bat speed's higher than his bat speed. So mm. it's, it, that, that's going to be interesting how the broadcasters uh, use the information.
1: Uh, details of the bat sense technology, the drone uh, analysis, and everything else that Intel announced here in London at uh, techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au. Two blokes
0: talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen
2: Fenwick. Well, next stop on the Two Blokes uh, World well, tour, two tour is going to be uh, San Jose, where Apple is going to be hosting their 28th uh, Worldwide Developers Conference. And it's going to be an interesting one this year because... So much is happening and as we know, the Worldwide Developers Conference is where Apple showcases it, it's mainly a software event. So they tell us about the new iOS for iPad and iPhone. they talk about the new Mac OS for Macs and MacBooks. they talk about Apple Watch, they talk about Apple TV and then introduce new features that developers, and this is an event designed for them, how developers can take advantage of these improvements. That's been happening for 28 years, and it's going to happen again this year. But there's been a lot of rumours ahead of this uh, the, the conference to suggest that there may be more than just software revealed at the show. Mm. Now, this is purely speculative. This is all the rumours. But we we've we've been speculating ourselves as to whether Apple will take this opportunity to introduce, maybe not fully introduce or fully reveal the next iPhone, but maybe introduce an aspect of the phone that's relevant to a developer so they can then, armed with that information, can then develop an app to suit the new device.
1: So I've been thinking about this now because there's also we'll talk about other devices as well, the home the home sensor, the laptops and things, but let's just talk phone. Um I'm going to put it out there and say I still think we're right that there will be some form of announcement around the the next iPhone because of the removal of the button, right? But imagine on the screen, you know, the the big black dark screen, imagine instead of revealing a, a product, imagine just the bottom third of a phone, um, displayed with just, just the bottom half of the, of the, the phone, basically. So without the home button. You want, But no home button. You won't see the sides of the phone in full. Like you won't, probably won't be able to tell whether it's square oh, yeah. or round. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, that, um, it's just that kind of subtle. It's like the screen has just been removed from the phone and yeah. shown, highlighted. But
2: would Apple do that?
1: Well, like Apple, to they me, have to. If, if, if they're removing the home button, they have to tell developers yeah, but, next week. But no, what I'm saying is that
2: for Apple, to me, it's, it's all or nothing. Apple have very rarely given us a hint of something. It's either we don't talk about future products or
1: here is everything. How's how's your memory? iPhone 5S fingerprint scanner. Did they reveal the fingerprint scanner at at WWDC? No. And I don't think they need to because the button didn't change, nothing changed. It was just a feature and they probably worked with a few uh, app developers, as they always do, to to show how it could be utilised. But I just don't think this is like any other change because it's it's a requirement that by let's call it end of September when a phone is available, that you know the biggest and most important apps in the world, and we're not just talking Facebook and bloody Twitter. We're talking hundreds of apps in every country, right, banks and, and like store, b- yeah. banks are the most important. Yeah. I open up the ANZ app and it says use your fingerprint, fingerprint. to scan yep. now if 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 it If it's not adjusted correctly, I mean, I don't know, I just feel like it has to be known beforehand. Yeah.
2: and if you and if you look, there's so many rumors ahead of the, an event like this, and just on the home button and the fingerprint scanner, I was reading I think Mac rumors had a story that Apple had finally cracked the ability to read your fingerprint through the display, mm. which kind of it, it 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 lends itself to even more speculation as well, are they really going to move the home button to the back? Mm. Do they need a fingerprint reader on the back now? But even so if it's even if difference. it's
1: under the screen, right? Think about when you sign up to your bank and it, it steps you through. the The bank of all people need to have very clear instructions on how to add your fingerprint. Those those instructions need to be valid. So I don't know. They just it just feels like they have to tell people this this week. So yeah.
2: well, other rumors that have been doing the rounds are around Siri and how it's going to be improved and about the possibility of there being a standalone product, a speaker system. Yep. That it look kind of like the Amazon Alexa type, Google stuff. Home. Yeah, yeah. Is is that? Well,
1: that's a, you know that's, that's a guarantee. Chance. I think it's a guarantee. Yeah. I think there's no doubt they will unveil a product that you buy for you know four hundred dollars. You sit it at home. It's uh, connected to your Wi-Fi network. It is a an audio speaker as well as being a voice assistant. It won't have a screen on it in my view. It'll just be you know voice interpreted. Because the new Amazon. The new Amazon uh, speaker has a screen now. What, what do they call that? Amazon Home or something? Amazon. We've yeah. got too many products. Dot com. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it does have a display on yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's well, I think that's a lock. I think a Siri yeah. Siri Home, whatever you call well, it.
2: I did, yeah. I did wonder. Like, do you remember during CS, when a lot of the products, especially the appliance side of products, from Samsung and LG and all these other companies, they all were relying on Amazon Alexa. Mm. And I I thought to myself back then, back in January, thinking, why isn't Apple in this space? Like,
1: Apple, surely, you want to slice this pie. But I think it also applies, you think about HomeKit and how that was announced years ago. But really only now coming to a fore. You know, I've got more products now with the HomeKit enabled than ever before. Um, it's partly because of the, the, the lead time on product, but it's also partly because Apple requires people to, you know, step through much bigger hoops to, to have yeah. that logo on their box. You can't just yeah. release a product. So, yeah, um, yeah I think that's, that's a guarantee. Will they release oh, updated a laptops? Uh, well, that's the rumour that there's going to be a new and
2: updated MacBook Air mm. and a MacBook. I don't know about the MacBook Pros because they were kind of recent. Yeah. But um, laptops apparently uh, are, are big on the list of, of rumours of products to be announced. But uh, it's, it still all comes back to me. It's, it's iPhone. I'm, I'm desperate to know about the new iPhone. And also what they're going to name the new Mac OS. What's the name going to be, do you think? You know, it's named after a Californian landmark. Mm. Could it be Mac OS Disneyland maybe?
1: You're an idiot. <laughs> you, I mean, you've been traveling Mac too OS. long. You need a break. That might be Mac OS Universal Studios. What do you think? Mac, Mac OS think? Route 66.
2: Yeah. They, is that in California? It starts in California. There you have or it. Or ends, whichever way you look at it. It could be Mac OS Golden Gate Bridge. Why not Mac OS Cupertino? Could be, yeah.
1: Mac you OS. you had Yosemite. Apple Park. That would be stupid. There you go. Well, Ladies and gentlemen, Stephen Finnick yeah. has left the building. I mean, he's emotionally, mentally checked but, out, clearly.
2: But What are we, like, because Sierra, I think, is the current one, isn't it? So that we've had Yosemite, we've had El Capitan, Mavericks, I think, was the first one, Sierra. So they all seem to be National Park related, yeah. or mostly. I don't know. Death Valley. Death Valley, I think? Yeah. Is Valley, that more is Nevada? That in California, yeah, yeah. We need to look in the, you know. San our,
1: Bernardino. You know, Atlas,
2: get our Atlas out. And also, um, 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 be, being in San Jose as well, the, the the conference, which is closer to kind of Apple's, literally near Apple's headquarters, um, I'd love to be able to go have a cruise around Apple Park. Wouldn't you
1: love to see the new campus? I will be disappointed if we don't get at least a drive-by. And you think so? Yeah.
2: Well, apparently uh, the expressway from the airport takes you right past it.
1: Yeah, but, you know, going past it's not the same as yeah, exactly. going right. in there. So, right. so, I mean, so
2: are you imagining, uh, like uh, – Jurassic Park style jeeps and and communication systems to drive us through the park. Yeah, I dream about it every night. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum and it uh, won't happen.
1: In the you car imagine car. How, how, how I mean it's just. No,
2: yeah. a Wired magazine remember had a story. Yeah. They they were given a tour with by Johnny Ive. You and know what'll happen?
1: Here? It'll be one of the blokes not 2 It'll be you. you. So? You'll go and I'll get brushed. <laughs>
2: you think That's so? It <laughs>
1: You think so? And I don't care. Like no, you, can, hard you can have mate, you can have every product in the world before me, because unlike you, I don't care. But Stephen hates it when I get stuff before him. No, um, it easy, I I will be filthy. Like next level filthy. In fact, there there may not be another two blokes talking to you. Is that right? What? What <laughs>
2: if I go to Apple Park without you, yeah.
1: Well mate, you know what? Just cool your jets because
2: I don't think it's going to happen. I, don't, I think so I don't too. Think if you look at the schedule, there's not really enough time. The closest we're going to get to it is watching the drone footage on YouTube, which is awesome. That it's bloke's really, really nailed
1: it. it. I still don't think any of it's legal, but oh no way in the
2: world! But it's it's. I'm curious to see it, even if we get a glimpse of it, because I think there'd be like nine million drones above it. It's just the most.
1: Most filmed uh, building or film property with the drone with drones ever, I think, would be. uh Really, only one bloke doing the drone stuff. There's a few people out there, but I think he's. I think after he started doing it nicely, I reckon Apple approved it. I reckon Apple have let him do it. it. Yeah, because I've
2: seen the. I've seen plenty of footage where you can see actually where they took off from. They 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 take off from. There's a hotel across the across on the other side of the expressway. They take off from the hotel car park, and there's even a housing. There's a housing estate. Right on the of right on the edge of the campus on the Apple yeah.
1: Park because if you look at a map that if, yeah. and you imagine a big square, a big there's outside. a whole there's a
2: whole corner of it yeah. that they, they didn't the buy. Housing, I think it's called yeah. the Hamptons housing estate or something. Yeah. So there'd
1: be a few drones maybe taken off from there for some, for some cheeky footage. I'm just going to say one more thing, iMac, it's well overdue, yeah, true. mate. It is long, long, long
2: overdue for an update. Well, I think what what's going to happen is that, and if, if the rumours are right. That Apple is going to pour everything into the iMac, sort of pull back on the Mac Pro, and just load up the iMac to be yeah. the ultimate tool, the ultimate desktop production tool for the creatives and the photographers. And, and
1: mate, and they, you can't who, tell me they're not frightened of the Surface Studio in just in absolutely. looks. Absolutely, I was going to. Say, that's what I was about to say. Well, there's a lot of and like I
2: was talking to Wujiro who's on this trip with us, who does a lot of a lot of filming and he does a lot of editing. And I said, mate, do you really think a like a, a, a someone photographer or a videographer who's been using a Mac their whole career would switch to Windows? He says, absolutely. The the the, the new hardware and the way that that Microsoft are creating these products are attracting exactly those people. So it's it's I think Apple to keep that to keep that customer, they've got to do something remarkable with the iMac. Yeah. Definitely.
1: All right. Well, we um, we head to Edgebaston at the end of the week to watch Australia and New Zealand the cricket. Then we uh, hop on a plane. We head to San Francisco and San Jose on the weekend. So next week we'll be at WWDC for Tim Cook and his uh, executive team's announcements of uh, of software and other things. Um, and we'll record from there as well.
2: We could, and it could be the last episode. First, the wor-
1: <laughs> it could be the
2: world's first three blokes talking tech if Tim Cook agrees to come on the show. Is that fair?
1: Oh, it's hundred percent fair, but <laughs> I, I don't want to break it to you. I haven't put a feeler out.
2: Yeah, well, you know. never know. You never know your luck. You don't ask, you don't know. So we'll see how we go when we, well. we arrive.
1: Yeah, <laughs> mate. Listen, they did say there will be
2: podcasting booths at WWDC, so maybe if we sort of hint this, at- this
1: from a man who suggested we sit on the bed earlier, the two. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been t- one of those trips, mate Remember coming through immigration? Yes. I've, I've called, yeah, come through, come through And the bloke goes, are, you, are you together? And I went, when you say together, what do you mean? Hang on, mate Not in the
2: biblical sense, yeah, I think Not really in say. the
1: biblical sense, I said, mate, we're travelling together Not that there's anything wrong with that <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Two Blokes Talking Tech WWDC next week This year, this week we're in uh, London with Intel Two
0: Blokes Talking Tech You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech With Trevor Long and
1: Stephen Fennec Well, you already know Arlo by Netgear, the worldwide leader in smart home security and the creator of the world's first 100% wire-free weatherproof HD security camera. Now get to know the new Arlo Pro with even more features, including two-way audio that allows you to talk to your kids, pets or whoever's at the front door right from your smartphone. Arlo Pro has quick-charge rechargeable batteries night vision, and live on-demand streaming. And yes, it's still 100% wire-free and weatherproof, so you can easily monitor your entire property inside and out. Arlo Pro takes just a few minutes to set up, so you can check in on your home or business from anywhere using the free Arlo app on your phone, tablet, or computer. Know what's happening in real time with advanced motion detection and never miss a moment with free cloud recording for seven days. Visit Arlo.com slash AU for more info. Arlo, the new Arlo Pro by Netgear. Every angle covered. Two blokes talking tech.
0: You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Finney.
1: Uh, well seven it's uh, we'll see yes was now nearly 6 months ago and uh, the Melbourne Grand Prix was a few months ago it's been a few months between drinks for high announcements and to be honest this is the one i've been waiting for from Hisense because in melbourne they announced the series 8 and series 9 kind of top end tvs uh, ranging in price from 3 grand to 11 grand but finally we have prices for the series seven TVs. These are the these are the TVs they had last year, and they're just in the next evolution of them. Uh, and this is the TV that gets them that market share. It's an affordable quality, but high high quality affordable price, but high quality product. Um, Excellent pricing again, although we'll start off by saying at the lower level, a little bit more expensive. $200 more expensive for the 50-inch and four hundred, five hundred dollars 500 more expensive for the 55-inch. But the 65 and 75 are the same price as last year. A bit, bit bit, strange, I thought, that one.
2: Yeah, well, Hisense has really had a, a massive year, and following on from a great 2016, uh, a lot of customers are discovering that Hisense is a brand worthy of their attention. We're mm-hmm. talking uh, they're competing against the bigger brands, the so Samsungs and LGs and Panasonics and Sonys. And uh, it, it is really a brand that has uh, er, earned a, a very solid reputation amongst customers. And I think the, the biggest thing for customers is seeing that not only that, do they offer the quality in the source, so the people stand in front of their TVs and think, wow, the, the quality's there. they ULED technology, 4K Patents through the roof, they've got all this technology on board, but customers are realising that I don't have to pay thousands of dollars more for a TV that gets me great quality. And and one thing that we that we get asked often is, well, I'm thinking about getting a sense, but why is it so much cheaper? Why? What's the catch? And people are realising, well, there is no catch, they're a great brand. They're they're making great TVs at affordable price, and the series seven, as you said, is their their bread and butter. Let's call it their entry level TVs. The series eight and nine are due till another couple of months, yeah. but uh, it, it, they are really in terms of like. Feature for feature, they've got everything going for them. They've got HDR. They've got great technology with the local dimming so that the picture quality is great. Uh, the ability to watch Netflix up to 4K HDR content and access to Stan and YouTube and all of those other services that you can get on the other TV.
1: So, in, you know, Five in, grand like, for a 75-inch TV. I mean, that is the headline there. It's just right, ridiculous. Absolutely. And like you'd, you'd be
2: paying possibly $3,000 more for a rival brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the... the const the, the feedback that of that you hear from you know, even our reviews and from customers is that you look at you look at a major brand next to Hisense, not that Hisense is not now a major brand but the, the, diff- the only difference people can see is just the name on the television. So the picture quality is is they're in the same they're, – they're head-to-head in the same ballpark, but Hisense with great momentum, and I think a lot of the retailers like JB Hi-Fi and Harvey Norman are really supporting them because, let's face it, they're selling a ton of, ton of TVs yeah. through there. So uh, naturally, they're going to support the brand, and that's what we're seeing. Customers are, are being – offered a, a great view of the TVs because they're being placed front and centre in all these stores.
1: One of the critical bits of technology they have on board, which follows over from last year, is their local dimming. And this, this just basically means that you don't get the the greying of the screen. And look, I'll, I'll be honest, I noticed this on the Samsung that I have, a 65-inch Samsung. You're watching in the complete darkness, a black screen comes up and a white word appears on the screen and it's grey, top and bottom of the white word because the, the lights are projecting down from the top and the bottom to that white bit of pixel. Somehow Hisense have done it, so it's not OLED-style um, blacks, but the local dimming means you don't get that greying of the screen around the picture, and that's why I thought it was the best TV last year, that plus the value on price. The black, their black levels are great. Do you remember that guy, that American guy, who was
2: talking about yeah. all their patents and their technology? Yeah. I, I, I forget his name. but he, Nerdy McNerdy. He was an absolute genius in explaining how the technology worked, and you look, you look at it and like black levels something that's really hard to produce in an yeah. LED TV. And whether it's the, obviously the local dimming helps isolate those the the smoky sort of look to the screen, their black levels were remarkable. If you stand in front of the TV with their like running four K, the black levels were terrific, and it's it's. Funny how they use the, 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 they call it ULED. And I don't know whether the customer may confuse it well. Is that, is that like OLED? Like, is that, do you think that's a bit of a ploy there? But I know you've got um, Samsung with QLED, which is more, more spelled like, more, looks more like OLED than ULED does. So everyone's got their own little, their own name for their technology. But Hisense, full marks, they're, uh, they're, they're really continuing to go from strength to strength as a brand.
1: Check out the full range of prices at techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au. Two blokes talking
0: tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen
2: Fenwick. Well, I know you're a big fan, Trev, of having in-flight Wi-Fi. I think one of the gripes of you, after we'd been travelling for 26 hours on a Qantas flight... I think you, you mentioned that I can't believe I've been disconnected for so long.
1: Well, as a virgin freaking flyer, I've enjoyed the services <laughs> of the Etihad uh, airline partner um, for most of my European trips. And I love the fact that I can be connected on, on Wi Fi for those free? 13 hours. Free? When you do that?
2: No, it's not. So you, you're paying for that? Is, is it, uh, you me I mean,
1: I'm not tight like you. I play about. I'm not tight the- either, mate. I'm just asking a question. I don't know, thirty or forty dollars for the for the, for the trip. trip, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. That, That's well for someone who wants to
2: stay connected. Um, and we've seen already that in Australia we've got Virgin Domestic, Qantas Domestic, offering high yeah. speed Wi Fi mainly mainly for not only keeping people connected but also for entertainment purposes. They want streaming. But uh, Finder, your mates at finder.com.au, have they've, they've taken a really interesting survey about whether what do we really want in flight Wi Fi and I was surprised to learn that most people don't care. Most people are really I think the, the the figure was like forty four percent they don't want in or don't like in flight Wi Fi on domestic flights or just don't care about it.
1: who did they survey? Well they said it was more than
2: two thousand people. So oh, travelers? I'm not sure.
1: So I think that's my only question about that is is it not possible that the type of people surveyed can reflect differently on those figures. So if you surveyed people uh, in the Qantas Club or the Virgin Lounge, I think the numbers would be different because those are more likely to be frequent business travellers. You think about it like everyone
2: travels. Everyone at one point in their life is going to get on a plane and go somewhere. So whether you do it once a week or once a year... I think that it's good to get that impression of would, if you're only going once a year, you probably don't care if there's Wi Fi on the board. So I understand what you're saying there. And if you're going once a week, then you probably would tend to get it. So that
1: information, who they interviewed, yeah, it would have probably affected. I just, affected think, the I just think, it's a, I think it does affect the results slightly. Yeah, I, 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 look, put it this way if I was to predict the outcome, if I was if to predict the outcome, if if I, I was predicting the outcome of a general mass survey of this, yeah. I agree, most people wouldn't give a rat. Yeah. But if I was interviewed, I want it. I want it available. I won't use it every time. I want it available. I, I want to go, okay, I'm not sleeping well on this flight. I'm going to do work. Boom. Right. I'm going to get so through that, my email. So
2: that, that leads me to the next part of the story, the reasons why you would like Wi-Fi, and we'll talk about the reasons why you wouldn't like Wi-Fi. So like that it. I can tweet from there? Okay. You can, you've, you've done – you'd like your live tweeting from your, your travels, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you, you mainly – for me, if I had it, it would be to catch up on emails and to, to do right. stuff like that. You would be to do your emails. Bit of chicken and corn in the air, maybe. Is that right? Or because <laughs> is that is there in like I don't use. I'm not a big
1: air in flight Wi-Fi user. Okay. So is there any restriction to any type of website you yeah, can? A lot of them like GoGo will restrict all pretty much all streaming services, but yeah. they don't. They don't do that by the type of information coming back down the pipe. They do that by site. So they might not might not have a list of all the chicken and corn. <laughs> They you are, get they might not have a list. Out. Well imagine it might be some spurious one on the well, lower level.
2: Can you imagine this scenario where there's a bloke on the plight, he's yeah. feeling a little bit toey, he's thinking Sorry. He's thinking, Well, I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna whack up some he's chicken and corn and treat my body like an amusement park. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm out. Not gonna happen. I'm out of the contest. Not gonna happen, no. But no, no, <laughs> back, to, back to the sort of the conversation, then all seriousness now. Okay, let's get serious. You would use it for work. I would use it for the same thing. Others would use it for more for entertainment. They might want a stream service, if it's fast enough. Mm. Although you'd think an international flight would already have a pretty decent in-flight entertainment system anyway.
1: And again, with respect to people who don't travel a lot, that's all, it's always, there's always a couple of movies you're going to watch, whereas unfortunately... For those of us that are fortunate enough to travel a bit, you often you've watched all the movies because th- it's the same month, for example. The movies yeah. only refresh every month. So yeah. these are the reasons why sometimes that in-flight entertainment is a different so difference. Here are the top reasons for in-flight Wi-Fi. Until we, is it's chicken and your, corn one of them?
2: Whether you agree, No, it's not. Uh, to stay entertained uh, with my own movies and TV shows. So for Netflix, but you can download it offline. Yeah. Scoop, people. Thank you. Uh, to keep in touch with friends and family via social media. So, how many times have you seen? I'd sent this Facebook status from the air. Well, what about the attitude to you? you? What about your <laughs> attitude towards You've people?
1: That. You've done that. Well, I, I live tweeted Star Wars.
2: Yeah, no, that was that. I bet you, all your followers are still recovering from that one. They would have loved that. It was such a crap move. Yeah, don't, don't you dare go there, mate. Uh, get more work done. Yes, have the chance to Skype, voice call friends and family. Oh, what a load what? of rubbish! The last thing you'd want is some gibberer next to you chatting to someone on the ground you, on, on their phone. Wouldn't that be the most annoying thing in the world? Hearing people on their—it's
1: bad enough on a train hearing that rubbish. Imagine that on a flight.
2: Mate, i will chew my own arm. Uh, a good friend,
1: good friend of the show, Rachel Corbett, uh, tweeted the other day. I won't be able to find her now, but she tweeted just yesterday, the day before. Is there anything more annoying than a bloke on a plane sitting next to you watching a TV show on his tablet without headphones on? Please.
2: Um, but
1: they say don't judge a book by its cover, but I'm pretty confident a guy who watches videos on a plane with no headphones is a dickhead. <laughs> I wrote yes, confirmed, yes. dickhead. Absolutely, and you what you see that on trains and, and, and public
2: transport as well.
1: So yeah, mate, uh, making so a I call travel with the people, mate. Making, I understand this. this you stuff. travel with the people. Oh, let's get work. our Opal statements out and see who travels yeah. more with oh, the people. Definitely. Oh, okay. I'll try my oh, Apple okay. Card. Yeah. yeah. I use my Opal card several times a week. Several. Only because you're a cheap ass and you don't, you won't park in the city. Well, you you just park bad. near a train station, and you catch a train in the city, wrong. not with the people because it's after peak hour. No, wrong. Do you mind I, if we share the pillar? Oh, yeah. I, I, I choose
2: to use the Opal car because it's just easier. I park I live near Green Square mascot there so I park and can go in the city oh. so you, you're the one who goes and, and you just park in, the, in all the all the parking stations around the place
1: yeah, man, absolutely.
2: that's terrific but I, I am I do use my upper car a fair bit and I do observe uh, people uh, listening to their videos
1: Ariana Grande before there you have it oh, the big fan of her work,
2: okay now top reasons against the Wi-Fi oh, okay, I right. prefer to stay disconnected. Oh wow! No, but but don't you think that there's some people, even even the people who travel a lot, there are there would be some in that. And I, I've got to admit, I'm I'm a bit like this too. You think, yeah, you need to have some peace and quiet. You're going to have time to not be connected,
1: to be offline for a little bit. That's why I requested sitting many rows away from you on the flight. Eh? Is that right?
2: It's because you wanted to be connected, and I didn't.
1: I just wanted to be away from
2: it. <laughs> uh, worried, about it using being, worried about it being used with ill intentions. I think this is where the chicken and corn might come in, the ill intentions. I'll have to listen to other people on the phone. Yep, that'll be a dislike. I'll have to work on the flight. And in brackets, when travelling for work. So you've got to work on the flight when you're travelling for work. Oh, you poor dear, you're at work. Yeah, there you have it. So the, I'm just outlining the reasons against it. What do you think? I know you're a big fan of it. I'm a bit 50-50. I think if it's a... If it's a long flight, I'd, I'd say yeah. Give give me Wi-Fi. I'll be able to do some work and get a few things done.
1: Bag me for being a virgin, like a what? frequent flyer. Yeah. I challenge you on your next European twip, trip trip yeah. to to request an Etihad flight. Okay. Yep. And I want you to I want you to experience the in-flight Wi-Fi. I have I have
2: been have oh, I I've flown Etihad before? Sure. But like uh, like I'm, I'm a Qantas frequent flyer. All right. I'll put that out there. And I'm wondering when Qantas are going to have the same attitude to Wi-Fi as they have on domestic. They made a big deal about having domestic connectivity.
1: Yeah, they've only got twelve A380s to fit. It wouldn't take long.
2: Exactly right. But it's it's within Australia they've got a bit more control and they they can see what's on offer. But then once you once you go out of Australia, what are their options then? Who do they deal with? Uh, have they got relationships with all these other companies? Yeah. So that that's the issue there. I'm happy to use it on a Qantas flight. I think they they trialled it. I think I'm talking like six six years ago, or like five years ago, and it was terrible. It was slow and expensive, and it just went nowhere. So if they if they want to be fairing about it, then
1: do it. You know, go big or go home. Do it right or don't do it at all. All right, two blokes talking tech would be interested in your views on that. Hit us up on Twitter at Trevor Long and at Stephen Fennick. Two blokes talking
0: tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.
1: Well, um, I managed to get a hold of a copy of the terms and conditions for the next. Uh, the updated Foxtel Play service. Foxtel Play is being relaunched next week. I think there's an announcement while we're away at, uh, on the 5th, I think it is. And I think, I think the new service comes into, in, into play on the 7th of, uh, of June. And there's two key words that I found in uh, the terms and conditions, HD and Chromecast. So it actually references HD in the sense that, because um, you know how Plays Play can be pre-installed on some devices like some smart TVs, you can get it on Xbox or whatever. Um, it references basically that if you've got an older older TV or older equipment, you might not be able to get the new you know, the HD service. So essentially anything that can get the new app, whether it's an iPod or a tablet or whatever, um, and any other devices they put the new version of Foxtel Play on, looks like we're going to get HD stream channels. I'm very keen to see this because I want to test the the quality of the live stream in HD versus the quality of the live stream HD on a TV because I think the broadcast signal will still be far superior. But the chances of me dropping Foxtel by cable and picking up Foxtel Play via the internet and watching the Formula One is is something I would consider so, so instead of having a box you'll just go purely through your broadband connection 100%. if the quality is good enough which I yeah. I just don't no, know they'll be able to I've, I've considered
2: the same thing because I the, the only reason I've still got FoxTel is because uh, my wife likes some of the channels and the footy the footy if they didn't have league on there I would be mm. I, I wouldn't be uh, keeping it but if they can give me that uh, in as good quality and also cheaper, like if they can give you – if I can choose – because when you've got a box, you you don't – the choice of packages kind of overlaps so much yeah. that you've got to get a lot of packages to get what you want. So if, if Foxtel Play can give you that option where, okay, yeah, I want league channels, I want this and that, and give me a a, a product that's not going to cost me the earth, then you know that that's going to stave off customers – that are up and going because they've got Netflix nowadays.
1: Yeah, and the second thing that was referenced in these terms and conditions was Chromecast. I said except for Chromecast yeah. stream, you can only use a registered device, da 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 So that means Chromecast is coming too. So again, add yeah. that to HD. So I've now got my phone, HD, Foxtel, Channel 506, Sport, boom, up on my big screen. I'm watching the Formula 1 on a big screen. I'm cutting the cord, and baby. without a set-top box in sight, we're yeah. talking now. And yeah, I think and th- it's a this- much it's a much requested feature. They're way behind the times. they not have it. Uh, I I have differing information. One person said to me the reason they don't offer it is because their legacy streaming provider doesn't allow it. Doesn't have the technology. But my my belief is they don't offer it because they don't want to cannibalise their their yeah. Foxtel cable yeah, business because yeah, right, I think yeah. the cord cutters will be out in force. Because yeah, and, and it's it's going to be interesting because I've had like.
2: I said, I love watching the league. And if, if I can do it, access it that way, that's terrific. I've had a lot of people that have um, like a Telstra NRL app, Foxtel Go, yeah. and they asked me, oh, look, the, the guy at the shop reckons, if I connected a HDMI cable to the TV, I can watch my Telstra tablet on the TV. And I said, well, sorry, mate, you can't because it infringes on their rights. So there are people who uh, they, they, they'd pay to get the, the, the services on a phone, if they can extend them to the TV, then you're going to keep them as customers.
1: Yeah. I, look, we don't know for sure. Um, I can guarantee you those two things are going to be in the new service. But it, um, it'll be announced next week. While we're in San Jose, the, the announcement will go out. Um, we'll, we'll update that you, you on that next week here on Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two
0: Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long
1: and Stephen Fennick. Well, Stephen, let's round it out here uh, in London town. I feel comfortable in London. It feels very familiar. It's a good uh, – just feels like Australia, a bit colder and older buildings, really, doesn't it? <laughs> Not as
2: many skyscrapers.
1: Yeah, I don't like well, – it's yeah. a major metropolitan city. Where's everybody's skyscrapers? It's a, it's a very What's your old, problem? It's very Old city as well. Knock so a few straight buildings straight down. Out. Knock okay. them down and put some sky. Is Get it, Harry Trigoboff over here. It. Let's smash the joint. There's a few uh,
2: high rise apartments near we we were on the other side of the river, opposite Big Ben. We're in the in the Lambeth borough, Lambeth council area, as you'd put it.
1: It, mate, it right. says Lambeth council on the okay. bins. We're
2: in Lambeth, so so I think it's opposite Millgate. Is opposite the river.
1: Mate, there's a few buildings here that can be knocked down. Yeah, absolutely. They're,
2: they're, they're hardly there. historic. Okay. There's a few constructions going on. There's a lot of a lot of buildings being put up, but. Um, What were we talking about? Anyway,
1: uh, while we're sitting here in comfort of uh, my ridiculously boring hotel room with a boring view of the inside of a building, um, your minute reviews. Well, the Huawei P10 and P10 Plus, yes, they were announced
2: back in Barcelona in February, but they are now on sale and I've reviewed them on Tech Guide. And I've got to say, if you are interested in photography, if if you love taking photos with your phone, and who doesn't, these are excellent smartphones. And I, I, I go so far as to say is that you could probably describe this as a camera that makes phone calls rather than the, that is a smartphone with a good camera yep. because they have got that dual lens uh, system developed in, conj- in conjunction with a Leica. And I've done a lot of comparison shots and put them side by side with iPhone 7 pictures. And uh, I have to say, camera is excellent. It's got – uh, the, the dual lens system has 12-megapixel color lens, 20-megapixel monochrome lens. Optical image stabilization, plenty of modes too. If you want to take a manual mode, you can. Uh, A lot of other modes as well for you to choose from. Uh, It also shoots good 4K video. And if in manual, you can also do things like, you know, adjust your ISO, your white balance, shutter speed, and all those sorts of things. Panorama shots, night shots, very good low light camera as well. So in low light situations, it does really do a good job
1: and gets a lot of light out of the image. Oh, too many photos are you on that story?
2: There's, there's a selfie mode as well that comes with. Uh, it's, it offers that bokeh effect, you know. So if you take a selfie, you can actually uh, blur your background and have yourself uh, in focus in the foreground. But you can turn that off if you want to have because half the time of a selfie, the stuff that's in the background is what you want to get in the picture as well. So you can turn that feature off. In this case, it's a statue of Captain Cook, which uh, he is out of focus in my Huawei shot but in focus in my iPhone shot uh, bottom line great camera great de- the design of the phone it does look a lot like the iPhone it's it's a re- like I've got a picture of the iPhone 7 next to the other uh, P10 and you'll see that it is very very similar in design to the, the, the two products there uh, especially from the back. You're
1: showing it to me like I haven't seen the products. There you have it. Uh, also, to Pink phone, too. Very nice.
2: This is uh, – it, it's. It, there's the P10 has – the P10 Plus has a 5.5-inch display and the P10 has a 5.2 or 5.1-inch display. So if you do like smaller devices and you've got smaller hands like Trevor does, you can go the P10. P10 Plus is for the big boys and big girls out there who like the big phones. Whack it on the bat. And whack it on the bat. That's right. The P10, P10 Plus – uh Is uh, the P10 is eight ninety nine? P10 Plus is a thousand and ninety nine. One other little thing though, and you've used the P10 a fair bit though. One last thing, it's got a very smudgy screen. Have you noticed this? You, you, the it, it doesn't seem to have that same. I think they call it an oleophobic coating or something. Or well, you know, the iPhones and every phone has a coating, and you can if you go onto your iPhone and rub your finger along the screen, it doesn't leave a smudge. If you go, if you go to the uh, the P10 and P10 Plus. It, it's a fingerprint magnet, like more than usual. I think there's, there's, there's a coating
1: that's not quite there. It's not there on the phone for some reason. Anyway, I, th- I thought that was worth noting as well. P10, P10 Plus. My only issue was the fingerprint scanner. We've discussed this before. I didn't like the placement of it, and um, yeah, they, and I think well, it was a backwards the back. They went from the back to the front. Yeah, and, and by, to do the by default, it doesn't do what a fingerprint scanner should do, which is yeah. a home button and things like that. I know With you can change it choice. in the settings, yeah, but, it but it doesn't. But it doesn't, The average user takes it out of the box and goes, what the hell is this button for? Uh-huh. Like it doesn't work. So yeah. it's a bit strange. I think that was a very yeah. backwards move for him. I did
2: note that in my review, but just but you, you can change the functionality, but imagine having the space of, an ex, of a larger screen without the
1: home button on the front. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two
0: Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen
1: Fennig. And uh, yet another
2: 360-degree camera. Yeah, but this is from Garmin. Garmin's had a – they've had their verb cameras in the market for a while, and these are like your GoPros – but with a nat, can call a name. verb? A verbal. My understanding is a verb is because it's uh, you're doing something with the camera. A verb is a doing word. So you're running, you're jumping, you're flying, you're skiing. That's a verb. So the verb camera means you're going to use it while you're doing something. That's my interpretation. <laughs> and I oh, can good. spell as well as the people oh, who invented Flickr. It's V I R B. That's right. But the um, the camera, they've they've. Garmin 360 camera not only gives you that spherical 360-degree coverage, but also adds a layer of data to it as well. So you can have like an augmented reality layer of data, GPS information, how fast you're going. All this info can be overlaid on the 360-degree image or video that you're taking. So it can shoot uh, – it shoots in 4K, so it actually shoots – 5.7K out of each lens and then when it stitches it together the result is a 4K 30 frames per second. You can also to have a a single shot, that's actually a 360 degree shot. I think that's like a 15 megapixel picture. Uh but it, like like a GoPro, it's it, you can attach it to various things whether you You're skiing or or, uh, swimming or whatever you happen to be doing. Uh, There's also a display on board that you can, so even in bright sunlight, you can you can easily access it. It's also got voice command too, so you can just say "start recording," "stop recording." So uh, in the middle of what you're doing, it's it's pretty much a hands-off operation if you want to take your footage. The Verb is not cheap though; it's a thousand (laughs) and ninety-nine bucks. But it's, it offers that added layer for the data. I think for people who they want to know how fast they're going, they want to know their GPS location, they want to know all these analytics, they can access that. It's also got Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, NFC for one-tap connection. It's got a companion app as well and a desktop app uh, that allows for easier sharing and editing of your videos as well. But
1: 1099 bucks for serious
2: users only.
1: Yes, that's a spot-on thing. Techguide.com.au for the full review. Two
0: blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and
1: Stephen Fenwick. Right, well, Stephen, um, time to rest up and uh, get ourselves ready for uh, a week of cricket. We're only going to one game, but yep. we've got to change cities before we do that. We're going to Birmingham to go to the yep. edge Baston ground yep. to watch Australia yep. and New Zealand New at Zealand. the end of the week. Are we hope. hope the rain holds off. And we also hope that David Warner whacks it on the bat. He
2: gets the sensor on the bat. And shows us his, his, back, his bat swing
1: speed, his bat angles, and all of that information. Hashtag whack it on the bat. <laughs> and uh, if Stephen appears on Media Watch because of this podcast, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll just bring back the put out your bats for, for Stephen. Whack put it your bats on your in. Bat. Come on.
2: Whack it on your bat. Hashtag, that's a good hashtag. Whack it on your bat. And it's whack it on your bat. OK, remember that spelling, despite what Trevor's insinuating over there.
1: <laughs> I um I look forward to those hashtags uh, hitting In fact, you know what? If you're um if you're a young young person like my son Jackson who's listening, hi buddy, um don't Google that. Does
2: he really? Okay. Does he listen to us every every week? Oh, he said to me does day,
1: he say anything? What does he say about Uncle Steve? What does he say? Yes, he he's never mentioned him. Mate, I'll be honest. <laughs> right, is that it? he fast forwards. He, he, he his me the other day, he goes, goes you're "Hey Dad, him. remember you were um, on the radio talking about Facebook and how they've got some you know things that challenge us, things they're doing." He goes, very similar interview on your Tech Life. Oh, when you <laughs> mate, I, I replayed it. <laughs> so he's, he's savvy. He's, guy he's, guy he's, he's pegged me. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, no, he listens to everything. He, he's, he, he listens every night to podcasts. He's got only got three podcasts in his, in his app. To, uh, your Tech Life. Two blokes talking tech and talking technology. And he, okay. every night he listens for an hour. Is he sick of your voice yet, or? mate? mate, mate I'm a,
2: I'm a great. Dad. Mate a teenager. He'll think last thing you want to hear is my dad's voice.
1: I think he has some dislike for me now and then, but deep down, really? oh, there's, you know, sometimes I, I do the wrong thing. And I, I'm not, you know, everyone makes mistakes. But, um,. <laughs> What happened? <laughs>
2: what happened? This has become the two blokes confessional now. It's all good. All right, he's man? He's fine. He's fine. fine. A, I'm, of, I'm, a dad like myself, I'm a dad as well.
1: Are a granddad yet? No, I'm
2: not a granddad, you <laughs> dickhead.
1: <laughs> Got him, yes. Wow, wow. Those following oh us no. both on Twitter will know that Stephen has now overreacted twice in one oh, week. I tell you, anyway, is. how are those rabbit going? Anyway, oh, and then we should oh. say, go Queensland.
2: Yeah, good luck to, to, with that. And uh, yeah, I really appreciated your comment just. At the end of the Souths game last week. That was right at just at the right time you sent that. And anyone who follows us on Twitter, have a look at my reaction and uh, give me a like for that one if you could, please.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and if, uh, Jackson, don't don't search don't search Uncle Steve on Twitter. He said a naughty word. Two Blokes Talking Tech, uh, go Queensland. We'll be back next week uh, in uh, San Jose for WWDC. And go the Blues, by the
0: way. Two Blokes Talking. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Finnick.